the incumbent team will have a chance to try and uh, you know essentially retain that player, and if not, the player can select from the offers he's been given, or actually say no to all the offers. Uh, at that point, all of the offers will become null and void, and then you know then go to the regular free agency period. So, uh, by no means is a player kind of bound to the process. He's not going to be forced to pick from one of those but he will essentially have the option to look at the, either the options from other teams or have his own team come back to him and try and either match or better it. So he can just turn everything down and say, let's just keep talking. That's exactly it. So what you might see is a player gets some sort of an indication uh, from uh, another team, so the team that he doesn't belong to, but that offer is not the best offer. Uh, so he might decline all the offers and then go back to that team once free agency starts. So um, although I do think most teams are going to try and put their best foot forward instead of just showing kind of a token offer, um, you know, I, I think what you'll see is um, you know, some players you know, see, well, you know, that offer from City, City B instead of City A is attractive, but uh, I'd like a little bit more of X, Y, or Z, so I'll turn all the offers down and then go to the free agency period and, uh, and then kind of start over again. Is there a chance maybe because guys will have time to think about things, you know, instead of when free agency opens and making a decision within a half an hour or something like that, will, you think there's a chance maybe players will stay with their old teams longer or at free agency because they got a chance to think things through a little bit further? I think for any player who's going into uh, the free agent process, whether it was uh, the old style process or this new process, um, you know that mentality or, or the decision making started a long time ago. For most of my clients, it starts almost midway through the previous season, and certainly uh, once the season's over, um, you know the player starts thinking about the future. Um, and certainly, you know, I discuss with my clients on a regular basis kind of what their thoughts are. So, you know, even though the process uh, kind of has a bit of a, a start to itself on Sunday with respect to this new little period, I would say that my players are pretty well aligned in terms of what their thoughts are, in terms of where they want to be, what their expectations are in terms of dollars so it's really then seeing if we can match that with the right location but um, I don't think anything's going to change with respect to kind of the thoughtfulness the players have put into it because it is something that most guys uh, spend a long time thinking about. How do you approach Sunday as an agent? Uh, Are you are you getting on the phone right when the window opens or uh, what's your uh, what's your game plan as you head into Sunday and, and the opening of negotiation period? Sure, there's obviously been uh, discussions already, and I'm not talking about specific discussions uh, related to dollars and cents, but obviously teams are, are doing kind of their, their basic checks, trying to figure out, you know, who might be headed towards that window um, and kind of getting ready. And then, you know, I certainly expect that, uh, you know, Sunday will be relatively busy in terms of uh, kind of checking back with those teams to express some interest and starting to formalize the process. So um, without a doubt, uh, it'll be a busy enough day, And but I do believe that uh, there's been enough preparation put into it where I'm, you know, I'm not going into that process blind with my clients. Base. You know, my objective is to give my clients as much information as possible so that they've, you know, they make the decision as to whether they want to go into that period, whether they want to make a decision now, and um, really try to eliminate any possible surprises. One-year contracts, uh, what's your take on those, and why have they become almost the norm now in the Canadian Football League? You know, the, essentially any contract you sign in this league, no matter the you know, duration on paper, is a one-year contract. And that's, uh, you know, that's the difficult thing about, uh, you know, no guaranteed money um, and, and certainly no punishment for, for teams when they release players in the future. So there's, there's no dead money in the future. So yeah, whether it's a one-, two-, or three-year deal on paper, it, it's a one-year contract. And, and what this did is just allow players to uh, take a little bit of the power back and put it into their pocket so that, um, you know, when they outperform contracts, they get paid. And frankly, if they underperform it, 
they're not going back anyway. So it's, uh, you know, it, although it's uh, added some confusion and complexity to the free agency process itself, it really hasn't changed uh, how much movement you might have seen in previous years, right? You know, uh, the good movement happens because the players want it to, because players are going to different cities and getting more money, right? That's the good movement. And the bad movement is players who are being released from their contracts anyways, and certainly nothing has changed there. So I, I don't believe that it's... Uh, Changed too much in terms of uh, you know how the the player uh, gets compensated or how he kind of views himself in this league, but um, it certainly has put a little bit more power in, into the pocket of the player, and I think that's obviously from where I sit, uh, not a bad thing. Um, I know there's always been the discussion about how that's viewed uh, in various cities and, and fan bases, uh, but I I do believe when you actually look at you know player movements, a lot of the really good players have kind of stayed in their locations because that's the right thing for them to do. So you know, you know whether it's uh, John Bowman's or some of the other guys in this league you know the really talented players can get retained by their their teams so it just means that uh, teams have to be a little bit more mindful about how they pay their players and how they manage their salary cap and i imagine you feel that that process and, and that trend will continue this year through free agency it will yeah i mean i, I don't see it changing anytime soon you know, i think you know the the complexity around managing the salary cap this year is the fact that the league minimum goes up to $65,000. So um, that is something that teams are having to obviously account for. Um, the salary cap didn't go up that much, so you're looking at um, you know kind of a, an effect that's happening to teams that uh, you, know, you know they need to figure out how to work around it. So I think what you're going to see is um, you know, and it typically happens is like the middle class has been squeezed out, right? You know, for years I always felt like there was a, kind of a middle class of, uh, of veteran Canadians that were able to kind of you know, make some good money and continue playing in this league. And I feel like over the last few years, that middle class continues to get squeezed out. So the the Habs, certainly the you know the top quarterbacks, the top Canadian offensive linemen, your Canadian starters, those guys continue to see their salaries rise. Um, and it's really kind of that that middle class. You know, some of the veterans that obviously would like to play one or two more years um, that are essentially kind of being weeded out of the league because of the the way the salary structures happen. Essentially, now you're going to see a large gap between the guys who are who are making 65 and the guys who are making 165 and you know, it seems like the you know the the, the group in between, which used to be pretty large, uh, continues to dwindle. So if there's one change that I've seen over the last few years, it's kind of been the uh, the dwindling the dwindling Canadian middle class that uh, used to you know kind of stay in this league because there was value in having veterans. You know, teams are just having to go younger on special teams. Team, teams are having to go younger and investing in kind of their backup talent. So that's one trend that I think as you've seen, um, you know, kind of how the cap has changed and how the salaries have started to to balloon with kind of the upper side. Uh, you know, kind of what the the net effect is been.